podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back and another episode of Brighton Rock Podcast with me, Russell Guyver, with co-host Peter Marsh. Hi, Peter. Hi, Russ. Uh, we've got Robin Woolley back with us again, a regular guest um, host as well. How are you doing, Robin? All right, thanks. How are you? Excellent. And making his debut, we've got Mr. Brett Mendoza. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? All good, yeah. Yeah, we're all doing well. Surviving lockdown. And it's good to see you sporting your NHS Albion top. Looking good there, Brett. It came in the post last week, so I was well happy with that. (laughs) Nice, yeah. It was a great initiative, wasn't it, amongst many for the club, which is uh, good to see. Um, Glad they're, they're all right and they're not peeling off or anything yet, are they? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it though. All in good time. <laughs> well, it's great to have you on the show. Um, we know you from, well, I know you from the West Upper um, and from various sort of socials. I think we've crossed paths. Um, Robin, I think, also knows you from other things. We're going to a little bit later on with Renf, I think. Um, but yeah. I wanted to start at the beginning your Albion story. Um, where were you sort of born and brought up? When did you become a fan? How did you? come to go to your first game. Tell us about that, first of all. So, my first game was start of the 1988-89 season. So, um, I went because I lived on Neville Road growing up as a kid, which is at the end of the road to the Coldstone Ground and Old Shoreham Road. So, I went with my next-door neighbour for his birthday and then loved it. Like, we played football together and then we went and watched it. It was great. And I think, well, we lost our first game 3-1 against Bradford, but Gary Nelson scored. and then. I just wanted to be Gary Nelson when I was growing up as a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he was great, wasn't he? I love Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so he was your favourite growing up. And um, <clears throat> I mean, what, what were your sort of like early memories in terms of individual sort of games and things like that? Is there anything in particular that stood out apart from uh, Nelson's goal-scoring prowess? I think the first season we actually got promoted, but I don't really remember. I just sort of remember going to games, but not really fully yeah. understanding what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think it was like it was the 1990-91 season where I started getting into it properly, and then we got got to the player final at lost at Wembley and yeah, it's like, dear old Colin, yeah, yeah, and Tommy Johnson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah so from there, so I've been going ever since. Loved it. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. And um, what's your experience? So you obviously you had the experience of the Goldstone. You had the experience of Gillingham as well. I don't know if you got to go to many games there. Yeah, I didn't um, miss one. <laughs> yeah, fair play to you. That was, that's um, some dedication, I have to say. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, on to Woodden and the Amex. I mean, what what's your reflections on the four grounds we played in in your time there? It's uh, quite quite a lot of contrast, isn't it, <laughs> through and through? Yeah. You know, the Goldstone, bit of a tatty, old rundown thing, but... Said it was the first place I ever watched football. I was mascot there and I scored a penalty in front of the North Stands against Perry Digweed and that was amazing. And oh, nice. Obviously, growing up, it was like my teen years, it was all about protests and all sorts. So it wasn't really about the football. And yeah. then with Dean, no, Gillingham, it was absolutely terrible. But I don't know why. I went to the first couple and I just kept going. Like, I haven't missed one yet. And then I still haven't missed one, so I just kept going. By yeah. the uh, the um, the Liz Costa love double decker de- double decker buses, which took forever to get there. And then, oh joy! <laughs> but I mean, uh, at the cricketers' pub, is it? I think it was by the ground, and then what was the other one called? Yeah. And then, yeah, with Dean again, not very nice place, but probably my favourite memories of watching the Albion are all there with the promotions. Yeah, Hello. there's nothing going on elsewhere on the screen uh, to that last comment. Uh, Robin yeah. and Peter, I think, predominantly your early memories yeah, you know, with Dean. I mean, I'm, my, my thoughts on with Dean is it's really odd. It shouldn't be, yeah. everything about with Dean should be dreadful. There should be yeah. no positive aspect about it at all. But actually, yeah, like Brett says, we were lucky in the sense that we produced quite a lot of good teams during that era. We had, what, three or four promotions? Four yeah. promotions, I think? Yeah. Um, in that time, in a fairly short period of time, actually, we crammed in yeah. quite a lot of good, good stuff. Um, and I think it became other teams obviously hated going there. Yeah. Fans hated opposition fans hated going there. Opposition teams mm. hated going there. So it almost became that if you were a home fan, you became you sort of loved it a bit more because everyone else thought it was a bit of a shambles. But yeah, there were some great 
some great yeah. games that we've done. We know, we'll come on to this later, another yeah. next episode or later on or whatever. But the, the, I always remember the Leeds one there when they turned up, having just been like in the European Champions, Champions League semi-finals two years ago, and they get they <laughs> lost one nil and had like two players sent off at the end because they were so angry about the fact they were losing with Dean. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I loved like, the early days there. We still had like the hammer net there. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically yeah. they'd not really because I mean they were still having sports days there and stuff, weren't yeah. they? So, like, You've been on the, all, the, all the grounds, haven't you, on the pitch, by the sounds of it, right? <laughs> and um, I think we'll get to it later, but I think you've, um, you've actually been on the pitch at the Amex as well, haven't you? Yes, I have indeed. Yeah, we'll get into the details on that a little bit later. But yeah. that's, uh, sounds like a little bit of a niche market for you there, so it's quite good, Brown. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Whitdean was weird, wasn't it? I mean, there was no weather cover, there was, which also meant there was no atmosphere to speak of. The sight lines were terrible. Everything about it, the track, it should yeah. have been good times. Yeah. We did have some good times there. We're going to record another episode as well uh, today, which will go out separately, which will be about um, favourite memories. And I, I bet Whitdean will feature a few times when we're uh, giving our uh, selections in. Um, going, moving forward to the Amex, I mean, so far, obviously, it's been brilliant, hasn't it, in terms of the, the actual stadium, some of the memories we've had as well, well in fact a lot of them. Um, yeah. Have you found that in comparison, Brett? What, what's the good things? And are there any bad things about the Amex? No, not many <laughs> people have found much to say that's been bad so far. The only bad thing I don't like is probably the atmosphere is not as good as it should be. Yeah, especially um, recently. Last. Yeah, especially recently, but that could be down to we are just losing more games than we win, like whereas before at Wirfding we were winning the majority of games and made people happy but we're obviously at a much higher level um yeah mm. but there isn't really a lot to support with the amex as you say just yeah it's funny there is the odd exception at the amex though, isn't it? that sheffield wednesday playoff game the yeah. atmosphere in that beginning of first half hour of that game when albion were all over them was ridiculous it was like you know kind of pretty much the same as hillsborough had been that like the friday before yeah. but and the, yeah other games uh, my theory on the atmosphere has always been i think it's partly because of the way that everyone moved from Withdean. <clears throat> so you've almost created like this artificial thing where people moved in groups. Yeah. Instead of you started for, instead of sort of creating a natural atmosphere, you yeah. had people that thought I'm gonna go and sit in various parts of the ground because yeah. that's where my mates are. So it doesn't necessarily yeah. that didn't necessarily lend itself to creating an atmosphere. But you know I think yeah. also having the North Stand so far away from the away end is probably not that yeah. helpful as well. That's the biggest one I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Um, I always thought they might put the away fans down. Sorry, Russ. They might put no, the away fans down the first bit of the East Stand. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think they should be allowed, but they should be behind goal, the goal and away because they, you know, you kind of get an advantage by being right behind the goal, like the away fans yeah, are. I always think, which would be yeah, both yeah. end Albion fans, really. I think. Yeah. Hmm. No, it's I agree. Yeah. Quibble, isn't it really? Yeah. I mean, they look quite dominant in numbers. The way the stands arranged and the the visuals on the TV as well for what that's worth. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's another thing. It's a bit of a bugbear for my, uh, along with the fact that all the East Stand leave early and that's the stand that's in view of the camera. Which I just say, I'm in the East Stand and I don't leave early. Yeah, at least so, one. Good, just, yeah. Me, just me and my dad left, that's it. Stretching your arms out, yeah. Well, I mean, Robin, you've got, although you're in the North East, you don't get to go to as many games as you like. You do have a season ticket in the North. Yeah, I still got a season ticket. Uh, Peter's in the East. Um, Brett, uh, we, well, we haven't had anyone on that I know of um, who has a season ticket in the South Stand because you're in the West Upper, aren't you? Same as me. Um, yeah. Have you been in there from the beginning, by the way, Brett? Yeah, same seat the whole way through. Yeah, I thought you were because I remember seeing you around from early on. Yeah. yeah, it's a great view up there, isn't it? You're in the front row, same as me, just along the road. In fact, you're more yeah. central than I am. Um, yeah. it's, it's a really good vantage point, isn't it? Except, I suppose, immersion in the the close proximity of the match, I suppose you feel a bit slightly more detached, but mm-hmm. it's a it's really good sight lines up there, isn't it? And a good atmosphere as well, as far as it yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I like watching football like with a tactical sort of yeah. You, know, you can see really the patterns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love you can see people making runs up the other wing, and I love all that sort of stuff. So it's good for me, and you do get the atmosphere from the north stand as well. So it's it's yeah. a good place to. Sit. Yeah, because we're, we're on the north side of the halfway line, aren't we, both of us? Yeah. So, yeah. And um, we've got the uh, delights of the uh, the Albion Raw boys and various other people up there as well. It's quite yeah. a few people I know seem to have ended up in the West Upper, which is... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of old kind of Withdean, a lot of people. When I, when I went up with you for that one game, the only game I've watched there was when Calderon scored with his face. Yeah. <laughs> 
Birmingham at home, I think it was. It yeah, was like, it was. Yeah, one, I yeah. Think. yeah, and I remember, yeah, that Brett's right. It was the first time I've been up there. I thought, actually, you uh, you don't make... And when you're in the North Stand and you're trying to see what's going on at the far end, you <laughs> sometimes will think that's a penalty or that's a goal kick or whatever it is. You've got no idea, really. You just... <laughs> From 100 yards away, you've got no idea. But actually being up there, yeah, the view of the game as a whole yeah. um, was definitely something I enjoyed. Yeah. I suppose the only one downside of being up there is that it's a similar view to what you're going to get if you see the TV footage, which is so readily available now for all games. So it would be quite nice almost to have the other side from that yeah. point of view. But it's certainly when the West End, when the atmosphere, I think the West End tend to almost set the atmosphere. Because if you're in the yeah. North End and the West End really start going, but you can almost actually feel the noise kind of yeah. physically coming down from yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, it was where we originally had that sort of um, West Stand, North Stand, uh, backwards yes. and forwards chart exactly. was going on, which we don't do anymore, which is a bit of a shame. There we go. Anyway, moving on. Um, well, Robin, you know um, Brett, I think, through, I don't know if this is originally how, but you know each other through Renf, don't you? Uh, and vaguely, kind of mutual friends that we've been. We did okay. a cycle ride. Talk about Gilling. We did an RMF cycle ride where we went from, well, we we drove from the Goldston to Gillingham, and then we cycled yeah. back from Gillingham to the Amex via the Withdean. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, which was which a bit of a quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eight something miles, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty yeah. busy day, and that was. Yeah, I mean, we actually got to, this was. I think it was only a couple of weeks before the Spurs game, wasn't it? It was pretty soon before the ground opened. I think. Yeah. I'll try and, I think it was. Into it, which is yeah. Quite yeah, I mean, the, um, the backstory of it is quite interesting. I'm pretty sure it's just Albion listeners generally on this, yeah. um, and probably everyone knows what it is, but just in case anyone doesn't, it's the Robert Eaton Memorial Fund set up in um, tribute to Robert Eaton, who is an Albion fan, I think a North Stand regular, uh, or sorry, yeah, a North Stand chat regular, and yeah. um, he uh, died in the Twin Towers attack. And uh, it was set up in his honour, the um, the fund. And it raised, I think, initially funds for um, kids, underprivileged kids in the States, wasn't it? For have a football team there. And I think it's branched out into other stuff. But have you been involved quite heavily with it, Brett, through the years? Is that That's my impression I've got. Yeah, yeah. So I started just playing in the football team. And then... Um, this is the Renf match with yeah, the Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then sort of... It was sort of playing and he paid to play in it and that was the only fundraising. And then yeah. I've done another charity thing, I think it was 2008, where you use Just Giving and all that sort of stuff. So I said, why don't we try it with a game? And then it escalated from that. And then now I'm the vice chairman of the charity. Right, brilliant. Fantastic. So is that quite involved? Is there a lot of work involved in that? Or is it mainly around the sort of time of year? Well, around now, isn't it, when the events are normally taking place? Yeah, so um, yeah, we have various events through the year, and then it's like organising those, and then looking for people to apply for grants. Um, so we started branching out away from football for the first time last uh, last year. <laughs> trying to think where we are now. So like we're doing things like um, girls netball, uh, rugby teams, cricket teams, um, and going into like coaching and stuff as well. Because we just used to pay for like equipment, but now we're trying to. Yeah. Make a bit bigger or better and how many of the, how many of the matches have you played in because you've played with Wardy in at least one or two of them haven't you yeah, yeah. so I my first one was 2003 yeah so how many years is that now 17 17 that I've been involved well, in that's scary isn't my it my last one was the last one I played in was 2015 at the Amex hmm. and then my knees can't hack it anymore so I just, I'm, now, I'm now the manager of the team <laughs> <laughs> Good tactic, going out to move, move into management, lovely. <laughs> and um, we lost, I think the first one, we, unfortunately, we lost, didn't we, on penalties, I think, the very first match. Um, but yeah. What's the overall head-to-head? Do we know? Are we, are we ahead of them now? I think it's 15, uh, no, 16, 14, no, it's next year's 20th, so it's 15, 13 to, uh, no, I can't work it out, 15, 14 maybe to us. Yeah, so we, we're just ahead of them, Yeah. same as the... Uh, in the professional uh, yeah. stakes. It's, good, good it's always a close game, so it's, which is quite mm. good. 
Yeah, I think that helps it, doesn't it? It makes it more entertaining. There's been and, some, like you yeah. say, there's been some big ex-pros on each side. Andy Johnson played one. Did Andy Johnson play in the Amex one? Yeah, he scored the last-minute winner. Yeah, <laughs> I think standard Andy Johnson. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've had we've had Wardy, um, Ricky Marlowe as well, haven't we? As well. Yeah. Come down. Paul Watson. Paul yeah. Yeah. Peter Taylor played. Oh, yeah, the manager. All right. He played okay. half of both teams. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. When Andy Johnson scored, was there a nauseating PA announcement um, repeating his name? Yeah. <laughs> there was that hope, so it wasn't. It's just lots of great. Yeah. Yeah, just checking. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll leave the goal music and such horrendous plasticity to the, uh, yeah. to the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, other events have gone on. Obviously, one of the other famous ones is the quiz. I mean, I don't, Peter, have you, we, I think you came we, along. We did it one year, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, and we think we did reasonably well, but I think there's some seriously good quizzes involved. Yeah, we definitely yeah. didn't win. Yeah, I mean that was one of the ones of the one of the Amex lounges, but um, yeah. like two or three years ago. I think that's pretty much the only events I've been able to see. Golf day as well, isn't there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. That's next yeah. week in theory. <laughs> yeah, come on, travel down for that, Robin. <laughs> no, we had to yeah. that off. And they do, is it race days as well? I think it's the other one I've heard of. We've done, we, yeah, we sponsored like a race at Brighton Racecourse a couple of times. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, it's all, it's all great stuff. Event. I mean, with, with the quizzes, I think you've done quite well, haven't you, in, in the past? I think somebody's mentioned you were on one of the, were you on one of the winning teams a couple of times? Or am I Who's remembering that? that wrong? It's a Brett. No, I've never taken part in, well, I've always had to organise it, and so I've never... Oh, no, that's probably what I'm thinking of, the organising. Right, right. Okay. Um, speaking of quizzes, we've got one lined up for you later on, if you fancy it. Um, of course, of course. <laughs> good, good. We'll come to that later on. <laughs> In general, I mean, it, the charities, it's kind of, it shows the best of football fans, doesn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, particularly yeah. the, the, match, the sheer amount of money that's raised and obviously the fact that it's, I don't think alone it has, but I think it's had a big influence in changing the relationship between Brighton and Palace fans. That now yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's almost it's got to the point for a lot of us who've kind of been involved in events for it. It's a bit more of a kind of pantomime thing now, almost. And actually, yeah. Russ, you've talked about it as well. Annoyingly, all the Palace fans I actually know personally are all really nice blokes. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's it. It's um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's a weird. It always has been a weird um, rivalry, as, as the media insist on mentioning over and over and yeah. over again. <laughs> but it, but it is a serious one. But it's good to see that um, things can transcend that when there's yeah. a cause that's worthy. And I think some of the money's of gone to, uh, has gone to uh, causes quite like round Croydon as well, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 we started doing that. And then this year we were supposed to play our first ever match at Croydon because every yeah. match is down in Sussex. So we're going to have a two-legged match this year, but obviously that got canned. But, so yeah, like, without them, there'd be less of a charity and not as much money raised because I think it's just over £300,000 we raised in the 20 years. Wow. It's an unbelievable amount of money. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. And yeah. I think they've also done them in Australia a couple of times, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Well. So, yeah. Reed plays in it, doesn't he? I think. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Bruce played in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, which, is, which is great. So um, hopefully long may that continue. I mean, I don't know if he'll get a chance to play a rearranged match for that later in the year or whether it just goes to next year. I don't, I don't know. I think Is there any plans in place already? Well, because we, it's always done between the football seasons when the teams finish playing on the pitches, but now yeah. I think there's only going to be a three-week gap between yeah, it's not much time. seasons. It might not happen this year, sadly. Yeah. But then yeah, next year's the 20th anniversary and do a massive thing. Yeah. Four matches next year to make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, the other reason I know you, Brett, is from, uh, or more recently, is from um, your landlordship, if that's a word, of the Caxton <laughs> Arms. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not convinced that is a word, actually, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> you've been, uh, you took that over, I think it was an ambition to have a, a pub at some point, and yeah. you took it over a while ago now, wasn't it? And when, when was that? Uh, two, two, two and a half years I've been there, so it was at end of 2017. Yeah. yeah. And... I mean, we've been going in there uh, pre-match and occasionally post-match on a few occasions, as you would have seen. But um, yeah. great pub. I, mean, I like the pub anyway. And um, since you've yeah. taken it over, it's added another extra element. It's become more around oh, okay. for me, uh, <laughs> which is great. Um, so um, how have you found it, basically, first of all? Um, how's well, it been? 
it's literally living the dream. Like <laughs> I wanted to pop up and all your mates are there. And now with the match days when they were going, I seem yeah. to have attracted loads of home fans and away fans alike. And everyone's been really nice and you don't get the idiot element. Yeah. So like the atmosphere before games is always really good. Yeah, I mean, it's tucked away, isn't it, a little bit? So I think it's got that yeah. locals kind of no messing about type of pub yeah, sort of feel to it. There's a kind of self-policing element to it, which is the fact that a lot of the fans that go in there obviously know Brett. Yeah. yeah. Almost, there's almost a kind of thing, if someone's in there who's behaving like a dick, you're almost going to like, well, that's actually going to damage Brett. It's not just, you know, if you yeah. go into like a pub that you don't personally know the landlord, yeah. it's not necessarily going to get involved because you think, you know what I mean? The fact there's a kind of personal connection, it's more likely yeah. that we're going to, you know, say something if someone's not behaving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it certainly gets busy. It's done, it seems to have done really well. I think you've, yeah, you've sort of, um, you've, you've sharpened up on the food, I think, from when you first took over. I think there was initially just to sort of get some food out there scenario. Yeah. You've, you've really improved the food as well. That's been superb, actually. Um, oh, yeah. We went. yeah, you always um, put so your table. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to book a table, definitely, if you're going in. Um, during normal times. Um, so just tell us about the food and drink, just so for anyone that is interested in coming once it reopens. Um, <laughs> what, what sort of stuff have you got on for any interested parties? So it's owned by Shepherd Neen Brewery. So it's a brewery from Kent. So there's only four pubs in Brighton. So some of the beers you don't see around town and then there's got your normal lagers. Um, just trying to think, like just... Well, Robin's happy. You've got the Arangibum, haven't you? Yeah, Arangibum. I'm just there for the Arangibum, pretty much. <laughs> Sadly, that's I do like, like Arangibum. It's a... I've not Sadly, seen that's it. Gone. I very rarely see it on, on draft anywhere, full stop. Yeah. I, I read, I was doing some sort, of, some sort of quiz the other day or something like that, and it was like, well, it's a Dutch word for tree. And I only realised it's boom, because they have an tr orange tree on the logo. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually, literally, the beer is called Orange Tree, and I only worked it out once they'd given the answer of boom, and it's like, there you go. oh, yeah. Well, there's a pub near me up in North London, which is called the Orange Tree. They should definitely get some in stock there, then. Yeah. Or yeah. just change the name of the pub. Here. He's still here. Yeah, yeah, he's still yep. here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, right. after all that, Orange Boom's gone, because they've stopped making it. Oh, oh have they? Really? <laughs> oh, no. We'll have to... We're in well, Robin's well, lockdown. Peter, <laughs> probably Peter and I have probably got a recommendation, haven't we, Peter, for a good little cat? Yeah, good it, although it is from the enemy territory. That's the problem. Mm. It's the Gypsy Hill Brewery. Gypsy Hill Pet Brewery. Cat. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, good brewery. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, good range of beers and ales as well. Yeah. And food is great. I'd recommend. I can't remember what the menu is, but there's, there's a good selection of stuff, isn't there? Burgers, steaks, fish and chips. Just traditional. It's just, I wanted it to be like a nice. Pub, not like a poncy gastro bar wine pub. I just wanted it to be a pub. We don't have loads of the craft lagers you get everywhere. Hmm. It's just a good old British pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Done> well. <laughs> it's, it's great. And I mean, obviously, the, the one downside since you've been running it for sure that I know of is, is obviously what's happening at the moment with the lockdown. Um, which has decimated businesses. We mentioned actually two or three weeks ago about the fundraising, which I think um, you guys um, have sort of had a lot of backing anyway, which is great. Um, how have you been able to, I mean, are you getting by and how's it been? It must have been pretty stressful to have this lockdown period come out of the blue. Yeah, it was weird because it started when um, I think Boris said no one's allowed to go out anymore, but he didn't say that the pubs had to close. Yeah. So we, we stayed open, but had what 25% of customers come in only and mm. kind of get kicked in the teeth there and then you did have to close yeah. and all your bills have still got to be paid and there was no money coming in so it was really really tough yeah and I got the government grant but that will run out within a month now so I still have to pay bills yeah. whilst I'm closed but the brewery have been brilliant they stopped us like having to pay the rent oh right but, okay so That's because there's been a lot of criticism of other publicans have said yeah, that they, the first to say that you don't have to pay it till you reopen, hmm. which is why I don't want to reopen for takeaways because I'm not gonna. Yeah, not gonna cover it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so true. I still yeah. have all the utility bills and stuff to pay. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. you get yeah, the yeah. but it's hmm. very, very tough. And I don't. The longer it goes on, I don't know if I can survive. But then. We did the crowdfunder thing, wanted to raise maybe 500 quid, but got 
£2,200 and so like half and regulars enough that's so overwhelmingly nice of everyone that they care about the pub and me well I think that's a huge testament to how popular the pub is with the locals isn't it that they're yeah, yeah. and um I'll fair play to everyone that's super yeah. and what what's the, what's the plans um going forward assuming everything can come back to normal and you're still fighting fit to go what what's the uh, are there any plans to change anything or, or adapt or add things or anything like that? I'm not sure yet because at the moment they're on, the government haven't given any guidelines of what you have to do to reopen. All yeah. they've said at the moment is pubs with a garden can open on the 4th of July, hmm. which I've got. But then you have to assume you still have to socially distance for two metres. So if you're yeah. sat outside, then I reckon I could fit 25 people in. Hmm. Again, <laughs> not ideal, is it really? Yeah, so, you're just going to have to prioritise based on how much you know people can drink and just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only let the piss <laughs> right, I've already said, right, then. Yeah, I've already said I don't want under 18s in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just taking up a space. You, yeah, yeah no, exactly. exactly. No, no coffee drinkers. <laughs> well, big, yes. Get big families of six who live together to, in so they can all sit together and have to socially distance. You have to say lots of people in big groups of six who, who live together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to obviously have to space the tables out, just being sensible. I've put um, hand sanitizers on the walls and yeah, things like that. And, but I haven't gone as far as putting perspex screens up over the bar or between tables because I don't want to spend the money on it if I don't have to do it. So hmm. we'll see. Hopefully, it get back to normal, but obviously it will change. And we don't know how people do actually still want to go out, but I'm assuming we do. <laughs> I mean, I think there's also there's probably going to be a lot of people that haven't the fact you haven't been out for a while, have yeah. Potentially, not just the have got a bit of potentially money saved up to go on a few <laughs> fairly big, fairly yeah. big nights out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one, one final. Sorry, go on, bro. Yeah, I was saying it's hard for me because like most of my local trade are the people that work in the offices around Queens Road and Brighton Station. Hmm. Now, loads of them will be working from home, been made redundant or whatever, or furloughed. So I won't get the big Friday night crowd. There's no Brighton home games for the foreseeable. Yeah. So that's another big... It's going to change, but hmm. obviously I'll have to adapt to it. That's quite tricky, isn't it? And, and even sort of longer term, the, sort of the culture of working from home might come in a bit more, I think, yeah. having had a sustained mm. period of trying yeah. it out. <laughs> um, yeah. One final thing on the Caxon, just to mention, if anyone's listening to this and didn't know the pub... Um, just to explain where it is, it's pretty close to the station, isn't it? If you walk past the Evening Star, if you know where that is, you just carry on walking and into the next side street across, isn't it? Where is it? Yeah. Castle Street? Uh, North Gardens, that's called. Oh, North, that's it, North Gardens, yeah. Yeah, um, so very close walk from the station, worth popping in, although you kind of don't really want to say that, do we? It's our little secret. <laughs> it's just busy anyway. But um, no, it's a great pub, and we hope to see you back and uh, yeah. running uh, as normal as soon as we can, obviously, when it's safe. But uh, yeah. we'll see, see what happens on that score. Um, turning to the week's football news, there's been quite a bit going on, hasn't there? Um, just to, I mean, we'll skip a few things, but just to go over the main bits, um, voted for five subs and nine players to be allowed on the bench in total, ahead of the prospective start of, well, two weeks from now, um, for the full fixtures, and a week and a half from now for the games in hand. Um, I don't know if there's really much to say on that matter, unless anyone... I think it's slightly interesting to what Kieran was saying on the show last episode and also what there's been talk in the media that we've got a lot of players maybe of quite similar ability who maybe hmm. aren't exceptional but are quite, you know, where we've got maybe kind of players who are quite similar level. So actually having the extra subs might be a benefit for us because maybe, you know, maybe our first team isn't that brilliant for that level but the backup isn't that much worse. So it's, it yeah, could actually benefit point. us. I think the other thing is, is that particularly I think it will suit Potter because we've we never really know what formation or team he's going to pick. And there have been games where he's clearly got it massively wrong. Um, and this obviously gives him the scope to change basically half the team if things aren't going very well. I'm looking forward to his quintuple substitutes. Yeah, well, he changes the entire back four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if it was under Houghton, I think it would still be the same thing. Would be <laughs> We'd only use one sub a game yeah. still. But, I mean, I suppose the flip side is that it's going to suit the bigger clubs with the deeper squads, yeah. isn't it, necessarily? Mm. I mean, to Peter's point, you know, we, yeah. we, we're going to have players that we can bring in, but, you know, the big clubs are going to be able to roll out some yeah. quite a number of world-class signings off the bench. 
especially oh, yeah. when you consider how many games there are in such a short space of time. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, if you're in the FA Cup, you could be playing like 12 games in the space of two months, effectively. Because oh, yeah. hmm. isn't Andrew Cross in all 25 and he'll be like one of the... <laughs> it's just really random. Like. <laughs> like, yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, I suppose the other Baron Kyle as well, isn't he? I mean, I've seen him training quite a lot. Yeah. You wonder whether he's actually, given the number of games that are going to be played in such a short period of time, you wonder mm. whether it's actually going to be a role for him. Yeah, mm. and there's other subsidiary benefits, even sort of away from the Albion. Like Harry Kane was going to be unfit for a lot of this run-in originally, but now he's fit. We've played Spurs twice already, but he's going to yeah. come up against presumably some of our rivals. Mm. So hopefully that might... That, that Similarly, sort of Bournemouth had half their team injured, didn't they? And they've now probably got yeah. a lot of them fit. Mm, so it kind true, of balances yeah. out, doesn't it, over, over the whole thing? Yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, by far and away, the biggest news of the last week or so has been about the incident in America with George Floyd being... Well, murder, basically, wasn't he? Um, horror, horrific situation. We won't get into the um, the full-on politics of it, because apart from anything else, we'll probably be here for another four hours. There's so much to talk about on that subject itself. But in terms of the football side of it, obviously FIFA have made their stance. They've clarified that they're not going to... Well, they're, they're, they're discouraging any uh, stringent uh, clamping down on, on messages being made, which have already started to happen in the Bundesliga, obviously, with that going on. There's been protest gestures... Um, obviously Jane Sancho most famously but there's a I think there's been three or four other people in in the Bundesliga last weekend made gestures of support for um, the Black Lives Matter campaign basically um, Liverpool on Monday and then later on in the week Chelsea and Newcastle have all made similar uh, down on one knee gestures in support as well um, obviously the, the main body of this subject is, is horrible isn't it it's ridiculous um, it's, it's awful. It's been going on for centuries and for hundreds of years. Um, things could and should have changed and haven't. Um, but do you think now there's a sea change here? Just to get the general broad point in terms of it feels like there's a real initiative now to, to get more people who are, should we say, non-racist white people to not just sit back and say, oh, it's terrible and we're not racist and actually start making a stand and making points themselves as well as, obviously, more vocalisation by the um, black population as well, here and in the States? Yes, is a short answer, I think. Mm. Yeah, and rightly so. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it is, I say it's awful. And I think the only slight, my only slight kind of, not negative factors, I think the fact that you've got this big issue going up at the same time as a massive global pandemic, yeah, the timing is awful, isn't it? Unfortunately, um, because you've got you've probably got a lot of people that would want to get involved with the protests and do something more public, who obviously aren't prepared, you know, to to break the social distancing to do it. So I hope yeah. it doesn't get sort of diluted by the fact you've got two massive things going on at once. But I think, yeah, my sense is that I, I've not seen as much before across social media deliberately not. Sort of targeting is the wrong word, but encouraging people who are, mm. like you say, white and not racist to actually get involved, not just, you know, yeah. sort of pay lip service to it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's um, hopefully uh, it will be a sea change. I think what's been encouraging, and it's sort of like it manifested itself in a different way during the last World Cup, the way that um, the young, particularly the younger England players, came across really well in just speaking about subjects in general. And as an extension of that, I've noticed that this seems to be the thing, that there's a lot of pretty, still pretty young players who have taken a stance and have been at the forefront of speaking out. Raheem Sterling's the obviously yeah. done, um, Deli Ali has as well, of course, and, and others besides. Um, I think that's helped as well, hasn't it, really? Yeah, um, I think Marcus, Marcus Rashford's been great as well, actually. Yeah, yeah Rashford. Another one he's only, players, yeah, I mean, he's only 22, and they were saying this, isn't, this, is, this is connected to COVID rather than the Black Lives yeah. Matter. They were saying he... He started a charity which has been feeding like I think it's three. It's a ridiculous number. It's like three million kids or something. Yeah. Um, homeless charity was Selfridges, I think it was. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. An enormous amount. And they were saying he's learnt sign language. He's got involved in some project with with deaf children to be able to say he's able to read a poem using sign language. So you say the yeah. fact I can't even imagine ten or fifteen years ago, you know, when I don't know yeah. players like Wayne Rooney with that yeah. age that you'd have got that kind of you know, um, and it is nice to get some good policy for football because you know, a lot of footballers are getting 
a lot of stick during lockdown so people yeah. are breaking it stupidly and that sort of thing and that gets mentioned but actually yeah. a lot of the things that are good and they do doesn't really get mentioned and yeah. you know it's I think it is a while I'm not saying footballers are perfect a lot of them do an awful lot of good stuff mm. it's a, yeah very much so we look at the Albion and there was it Albion there's one thing where they were donated and helping charities around Sussex it's all, mm. all great Harry Kane yeah. as well yeah, he did something got players that you know very few of them are actually from the area obviously yeah. you know, years, mm. but you know the rest of them are kind of the fact that they're prepared to put that amount of money into the area where they live and I mean they may only be here for two or three years of their whole lives yeah. but the fact they're prepared to you know get that involved in in stuff beyond football in the area they live is yeah. from the from the perspective of the George Floyd incident I really hope the one thing that we get out of it from a football point of view is the drop a drop in the racist abuse of players at time because there's yeah. been a massive rise in it I think we don't want to politicize it since Brexit there's been a massive rise again in, in incidents involving racism yeah. towards players. And if that, if it stops that, then that, you know, at least something good can come out from a football perspective. I yeah. Think, yeah, to that point, I think maybe, do you think people will feel more likely to call it out? Mm, if they see it in the stands now? Mm, possibly. I think it's already I mean, better than it used to be. To get involved and yeah. you're being quite militant about it in your support mm. of it on social media or out and about. Then I suppose you've got to you've got to walk the you've got to yeah. talk, the haven't you? Yeah. So yeah. I think it might be good for football as well, where a lot of the country, as in it, they think racism is only involved in football, where and football gets targeted a lot for being a racist, and the people that go are racist. But now they've seen that it's a, it's not just in football; it, it's widespread around the world, and people will take notice and realise it isn't just football don't just target football it's mm. it's everywhere mm. yeah i mean just just to extend it slightly as well i'm going back to the states um the american football scene there's been quite a bit of fuss going on there as well because there's a guy i think it's drew Brees, who's with uh, i think it's san francisco or somebody and he, he was saying something about you shouldn't disrespect the flag it's a massive misstep he's been called up on it and he's made a quite yeah. a sincere and detailed apology which makes me wonder if he has actually come to realize that he just inadvertently not seen what the issue was yeah I think rather than being the nfl are not going to allow players to take the knee which yeah. is obviously what colin colin kaepernick basically mm. had his entire career yeah destroyed by the mm. fact that he was constantly protesting on his own basically and the nfl yeah. and all the owners were actually backing were essentially against him so yeah. i think now if, if they're allowed if players are allowed to actually peacefully protest in that way yeah and if this, if this guy Breeze has generally had a, you know, a epiphany or whatever by having this and thought, oh shit, there's actually, you know, this is quite a bit different to how I thought it was. You know, maybe there's a load of other people out there that might, might be able to, uh, to have a change of thought process themselves because it's about this sort of the, the notion of the privileged class, isn't it? And mm. being aware of that rather than just being accustomed to it is, is a big difference. Maybe that can help. Um, one other thing on that subject, uh, which came out just yesterday, Friday, which is the 5th of June, um, Liam Rossinia, did you see the uh, article, guys, in The Guardian? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, fantastic stuff. He, um, for anyone that doesn't know, he wrote effectively an open letter for his column to Trump, um, thanking him for, for mobilising the movement against racism um, by his blatant racism himself. Um, which I thought, I mean, that's a very potted version of what you probably mm -hmm. said. It's much more eloquent than that. Yeah. But it's a superb article, um, yeah. and hopefully that will get as much publicity as it deserves. What we've come to now. expect from Liam Rossinia, really. I mean, he was yeah, I mean, he was a genuine, you know, you know, he was a real great representative of the club when he was here, and he's everything I see of him from his articles and from on the media and that sort of thing. He's, he's a brilliant speaker and a genuine yeah. bloke. And we didn't yeah. think we could like him anymore, did we? But no. uh, he's, managed to, he's managed to trump himself there. I really hope he comes back to Albion one day, <laughs> working as coach yeah. or manager or something. You know, it'd be great. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've sent him a message asking him to come on the show. I haven't heard back yet. I think he might be quite busy after that article, though, to be yeah. fair. Um, but it'd be great to get him on at some point. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was a superb gesture. Once again, it puts the Albion guy sort of in direct association in a, in a good light as well, doesn't it? I think he had an Albion top mm. on in there. Yeah, photo, yeah, it's completely the article. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, nonetheless, yeah, it's great either way around. Um, and he's one of those who he only played for us for two or two years, three years like that. And yeah, actually, a lot of that was injured. He wasn't yeah. there that long, but everyone 
I mean, it's one of yeah. those. I think I remember when he signed every every club who he played for said he was brilliant, and except maybe yeah. Reading, who didn't Wednesday. like him. But <laughs> so Sheffield Wednesday when he did the chin up. Yeah, game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, that's the thing. That's the point, isn't it? His presence was felt in such a short time yeah. to such a great degree. That sort of says its own thing, doesn't it? Really, in terms I think of remember the whole fans being gutted he was let go and saying yeah. how, how yeah. sad they were to see him go. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, in other news, the Spanish football starting just ahead of us. They're going to rush in, um, I think, the weekend before, which is next weekend. Um, looking forward to seeing some of that. I think it might be more entertaining than the German football. Not that I've minded that. Um, I've dipped into the German football myself a bit. Um, Brett, have you been watching the Bundesliga? Yeah, kind of. Just to see what watching games behind closed doors is like. And yeah. well, the first week, everyone was a bit ropey and the atmosphere was terrible. But... As they've gone on a couple of weeks and played more games, the standards getting better. Um, yeah. I think yeah, Dortmund's been some good games. Yeah, you could That's definitely all... tell they'd not played for three months or whatever when yeah, yeah. the first week it was like the training ground, wasn't it? The first yeah, yeah. Of games. Yeah, yeah which but, is uh, a worry when Villa have got their game in hand against Sheffield United. Yeah, on the other hand, though, if we're playing Arsenal and Leicester first two games, maybe they, they will be yeah. like, you know, games we probably wouldn't, well, certainly Leicester we wouldn't have got anything from. Maybe yeah, Jamie Vardy so will be about the same pace as our defence because they'll be like kind of not sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> so do, do you have a, have you, you adopted a team in Germany um, during this? Uh, I period? did. I adopted Mainz and I think they're playing now. But, um, basically, I was supposed to go on a stag do and then we, we thought, as we can't, we'll pick a German team um, and then next year, next season, we'll go and watch them as part of the stag do. So, oh, we, picked the team, so we picked the team in 15th place where Brighton were and it was it was Mainz. They've not <laughs> done very well <laughs> since then, they? They've, they've, no, they've, they've lost 4-0 and 5-0 <laughs> since we won. <laughs> it was, it's funny you should pick them because actually there was an article, I think it was on the BBC website oh, yeah. about three or four weeks ago where they were basically were saying if you're a Premier League fan, this is who you should support in the German yeah. division. And it said if you're a Brighton fan, Mainz was actually the team they matched. Wasn't their logic like neither team of one of us anything ever? Wasn't it pretty basically, much? Basically, yeah. We're basically, yeah. We're, we're, sort of, we're mediocre slash shit um, <laughs> um, over a decent period of time. So anyway, well, yeah. yeah I mean, that's... The thing I was going to bring in at that point was um, sort of connected to behind closed doors. As we've we've talked about FC Michelin in in Denmark a couple of times, who have had this drive-in thing this week where they got people to go and park outside the stadium and various innovations that we've talked about. And uh, there was an interview with the marketing director of the club it was on the radio last week, and he was talking about a lot of the stuff that we've already mentioned, um, having people, I think they were saying, yeah, there was a maximum capacity they could have, but they were trying to make it as sort of atmospheric as possible. And they were giving everyone air freshener to put in their car that smelt like freshly cut grass. That would give you the idea <laughs> of sitting in the ground. So obviously thought about it to a pretty big extent. The only slightly dodgy thing was that they were saying that if it's a night match and you want to go to the bathroom, um, you've actually got to flash your headlights <laughs> to get someone's attention, which yeah, has got escorted there and yeah. Collymore um, connotations to it. Put it that well, way. if there's not an inconveniently large queue, it won't really feel like the football, will it? No, to be no, honest. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh dear, don't mind. Well, we'll see what happens. There's supposedly a few initiatives, isn't there, being um, thought up by the Premier League? So we'll see what see what they come up with in the end. Could be interesting. It looks like they lost their first game. I was just looking it up on the first, which is like Monday. They yeah, lost at home to AC AC Horsons, apparently. They didn't go so well then. Who are ninth yeah. and out of fourteen? So yeah, despite oh, so right. having lost two all season, they lost at home to the team in ninth. So obviously didn't yeah. do them much good. No, so I mean no. the Bundesliga as well. They've shown that home advantage is absolutely oh. non-existent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's slightly <laughs> disturbing, isn't it? <laughs> But hopefully it won't be too bad. I mean, Benfica yeah, got a bad result. To make view, the only thing that I've been thinking about is that Graham Potter is, has been sort of talked up as obviously someone who's very specialist on the kind of, you know, psychological side. And I get the impression that he kind of revels in situations that are slightly bizarre. And obviously no one's got players, hardly any players have really got any experience of playing competitive matches behind closed doors. I mean, a few might have been involved in, you know, the odd Europa League game that's, you know, as a one-off has been behind closed doors. But as a prolonged sort of period, this is where he, he's got to sort of make his money, isn't it? As a, as a kind of, from a psychology point of view, he's got to get the players yeah. in the right headspace. And actually, mm. maybe the fact that, you know, traditionally, or I say traditionally, recently, we've not necessarily been that great away from home. 
if you take out the crowd element from an away match, hmm. it might help us. Yeah, way, it might help us. Yeah, I was watching an interview with Glenn Murray on Sky, and he said some players might might get a lot better, like uh, Solly March's confidence won't get knocked, I think mm. he said, because he won't have the crowd on his back. Dale Stevens won't get like groaned at when he passes it sideways or backwards, and it might help a lot of players playing behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, in in essence, we uh, can't do any worse than not winning in two and a half, two and a bit months before lockdown. So. <laughs> <laughs> We can only not lose again, not win again in two months. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will be playing in at the end of it. <laughs> I've just remembered as well, we've got, um, obviously it's poorly, we've got a couple of players on there, haven't we? Ostergaard and um, Kilkeris, who both continue to do really well, which is great to see. I don't know how it will work out, because they're going to they're gonna have most of their season out of the way by the time we start ours, uh, they're really firing on long. I don't know if they're going to be able to re-nominate 25s, but if we are, maybe we add them in. They'll be match sharp and everything, mm. won't they? I see and they've already got like... three of the, the youngsters play, uh, training with the team, like Cochrane, yeah. Roberts and uh, Richard, Taylor yeah, Richards but, as well. Yeah, I mean, those guys, and also if they were able to play Ostergaard and Jokeris, are all used to playing in in stadiums yeah. but with no atmosphere yeah. from 23s games and whatever else yeah. the interesting one for me is how the transfer winner is going to work because yeah, the German league is going to finish so much before us and presumably will start again before us mm. and are they going to just yeah. say well till September you can sign who you want or whatever or yeah. it's going to be yeah. an interesting one and on another point you know they're going to be readier for that Euros next year aren't they as well <laughs> much more than we are they're already yeah. at a position <laughs> let's not kid ourselves there Russ we're never going to win that anyway so. <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> <laughs> um, We've got an well, excuse now. <laughs> are we ready to in, uh, to subject Brett to the quiz? I think we might be. Um, we've got, we've, more, more a question about Brett's ready yeah. rather than. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's looking nervy. Um, we've, we've got seven people have done it so far, Brett. Uh, Robin, oh. uh, midway through, is top of the uh, leaderboard. Look at that punch fist. So if he starts and glaring at you during the thing, don't let it put you off. <laughs> I'm going I'm to put my cards on the table. I think he's got an easier set of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I see it's like that is it he's getting Mind <laughs> I showed him the questions he did get nearly all of them right he got on the question three wrong which was about Palace you'll see why he got that wrong on purpose later on it was a rather offensive <laughs> comment I thought but <laughs> anyway but Robin is top of the table with 14 out of the possible 15 so it's quite a high marker <laughs> Kieran Maguire who was on last week got 12 he did better than he said he was going to and then we've got Josh Peter um, our own Peter here and Spencer Vignes all got 11 um, Amir our friend in the States got 8 and Richard Holberton a regular listener the Seagulls Over London member got 6 so um, that's the targets to, uh, to um, go for and to avoid 14 and the 6 I suppose um, yeah. we'll see what we do um, essentially the format is pretty straightforward it's going to be general knowledge football questions about 3 of them are on Albion subjects and um, <laughs> one of them being a missing link round. And then yeah. the final question, the 11th question, is who am I? Where you can get anything up to five points for guessing on the first clue. So we'll, we'll okay. come to that in a minute. Sound okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Let's, let's see how we do then. Okay. Ready uh, when you are. So here we go. Question one. In which city do La Liga Club Real Sociedad play their home games? Uh, Madrid? Sorry? Madrid? It's not, so I'm afraid not. It was San, Sebastian, San Sebastian in the Basque country. Yeah. Okay, that's all right. On to question two. Um, this is a 50-50 one, this. Who is currently on a longer run of consecutive league title wins, Bayern Munich or Juventus? Uh, oh, it's not. It's Juventus. <laughs> it's a 50-50. Don't worry. It gets a bit better, I think, from here, hopefully for you. Um, question three then, Brett. What is the previous nickname of Crystal Palace? This is where Robin had a rude answer, which I won't repeat on air. <laughs> so the previous nickname for Palace before the Eagles, obviously. Um, it's related to their history, you could say, I suppose. That's the little clue I'll give. As Peter's cat makes a video debut appearance <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Which one's that, Peter? Just to distract, so Brett's got uh, time. This is Bernie. Bernie, brilliant. <laughs> Any ideas? Mm. 
I don't know if we've lost sound actually. I think we might have lost Brett's sound for a moment. Um, we'll give him a second, see if he can come back on. He's going to probably twiddle around for a sec. Um, this is the one I actually had. I had no idea. I know. No, not did I. I had, I, had no, I had no clue. Oh, you're back. Yes, you're back. Sorry, we missed that. From we were just waiting on an answer to question three when you went mute there. Uh, yeah, quickly Google. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I haven't got a clue. I'll just say palace. <laughs> the palace. No, it's uh, the glaciers um, due to their the literal crystal yeah. palace. I think something to do with that. I was trying yeah. to think of something palace related, but like that. Yeah. But never no. mind. Okay, on to question oh, four then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> question four: Three teams are featured in only one Premier League season. Can you name two or more of them? So there's three to go for. Just need two of them. Swindon. Yeah, that's one. Oh, trying to think of the early ones. Um, yeah, one's one's from early on, and the other one is fairly recent. Um, not not very recent, but fairly recent. Who's gone straight up and straight back down? Uh, Blackpool. Oh, did you say Blackpool? Yeah. Got on. That's it. You've got your two you need. Out of interest, <laughs> could you think of the other one? It's on a red theme again, if that helps. All reddish coloured tops. I wonder if that's significant. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Charlton. No. no, good effort. But no, it's, um, it's Barnsley, the other one. Um, Are you saying uh, if you go up, you should change your red shirt to whatever if you're going up for the first time? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Cardiff style. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so you got that one. That's fine. So one out of four. On to question five. Who has made the most Premier League appearances with uh, 653 to his name? Uh, Gareth Barry, is it? Spot yeah. on, yeah, you're good. You're getting into your stride now, this is good. Yeah. I think you'll probably get this one as well. I think you've been, been a, a fairly strong traveller in your, uh, in your time at the Albion, I think. So you'll probably get this, but let's see. Which EFL club play at Moss Rose? Oh, Moss Rose. It's in the lower reaches, obviously, as you know. Oh, so Rochdale. Ooh, is that your final answer? <laughs> I don't know. Might want to think about it just for a little bit longer. Yeah. Macclesfield. Oh, he's pulled it out the bag. And we've been watching him. He's not Googling anything here, guys. He's just looking into space and agony. Yeah, I know. It's it's actually one of the only grounds I haven't been to in the 90s, I think, which is uh, maybe something we might not get a chance to now, the way they're going at the moment. Anyway, that's that's good. A great recovery. You've got the last three. So you're on three out of six now. Um, I was listening out the (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's it. Respectability <laughs> to be gained here. Right, question seven. Which club plays at the Veltins Arena in the German Bundesliga? And I can let you know it's not Mainz, if that helps, just to uh, ease the pain a bit. <laughs> so it's a, it's one of the biggies. Um, it's the Veltins Arena, German Bundesliga. Who plays there? Um, I if we can give them another clue, we'll see. Oh, uh, Hamburg. <laughs> It's that kind of size club, but it's, uh, it's not, no, it's Schalke. Schalke, oh, yeah. no, I wouldn't have that. They get something like 60,000 crowds there as well, I'm nervous. Um, anyway, well, not at the moment, they don't, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, on to question eight then. Um, how many league goals did Glenn Murray score? This is obviously the first of our Albion questions. How many did he score in Albion's League One title-winning season? So just the league goals from his 2010-11 title-winning season. And there's an option here. I'll give you, a, there's multiple choice. It's either 22, 25, or 28. And I think both the others got this right. I ran the questions by them earlier, by the way. No pressure. I didn't hear any of that. Oh, sorry. I'll give it to you again then. So how? How many, yeah, so how many league goals did Glenn Murray score in Albion's League One title winning season of 2010-11? Was yeah. it 22, 25, or 28? Uh, 28. Oh, if only it was. Uh, it wasn't. No, it was 22. Oh. Slipping back a bit. Oh. There's still oh. time to make up. Um, you'll probably do well with the last bit. That will probably help you. But in the meantime, here's a couple more questions on an Albion theme. What was the score in Albion's first competitive league fixture at Withdean? Six 0 Yeah. No. 
Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Not Darren Freeman, Robin. Yeah, I couldn't remember <laughs> if they scored. I didn't read the question. <laughs> Robin said it was Darren Freeman was the score. <laughs> I think he misread that one. But um, yeah, six. I six couldn't remember, remember if they scored. Sorry? Yeah, I yeah. couldn't remember if they scored. Yeah, no, that's why. Yeah. Right, no, but it was, a, it was a clean sheet as well. Sunny day. I missed that game. I was in France. But um, Aiden, 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 Aiden Newhouse looked really good. Got two late goals. Yeah. The only day that he looked any good. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was against um, Mansfield, of course, that match. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, on to another Albion question. It's the missing link question. Fill in the blank. You'll be able to recognise what this is probably, but it's a case of getting who it is. So it's yeah. uh, a list of names in consecutive order. McShane, Hammond, Elphick, that's Tommy Elphick, Wing, Crofts, Elabd, Blank, Upson, Calvi, Kyle, Knockart. So it's quite a long list of names. We want the blank. I'll read it again. Let's give you a time. So it's McShane, Hammond, Elphick, Wing, Crofts, Elabd, Blank, Upson, Calvi, Kyle, and Knockart. So do you recognise what this is? I'm thinking player of the season, the first season at the Amex. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's, it's player of the season. Yeah, um, in terms of first season at the Amex, it's a good yeah, question. It is. It is. Yeah. It is, is it? yeah, I think it's first yeah. two actually. Yeah, in fact, in fact, is this a double blank? I've got a feeling it's. There might have been a double yeah, it is. blank. It is. It's the same. It's the, it's the same, same person. Oh, yeah. 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 So the two two times this person was player of the year. Who's the missing man? Oh no. <laughs> Are we able to give him a clue, I wonder? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, is it be Barnes or Buckley? The, I'll, um, give you, I'll give you a clue, it's that that's the right letter of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't narrow things down that much, is it, with the amount of Bs we've had on our team. Liam Bridcut. Yes, he's got <laughs> it, well done, yeah. <laughs> yes, I've forgotten that was the player of the year the last year at, with Dean. I kind of, yeah. I kind of forgotten yeah. it wasn't Murray or whatever, but because yeah. yeah. that was the season Gus had turned him into like Franz yeah. Beckenbauer, basically. Hadn't yeah. <laughs> I know, I just forgot yeah, he won it over, say, Murray, who got 22 goals or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. but that's great. Right. I mean, to bookend the end of the with Dean at the beginning of the Amex, that's quite a nice little tidy little bit of trivia there, isn't it? You can add that to the Renf quiz for next year. <laughs> Um, on to the final question, the who am I rounds this is. Yeah. If you get it on the first clue, you can get five points and double your score, which is currently five, I think, on my calculations. Let's see yeah. how we do. I think you might be able to get this at an early stage. We'll see. So, clue one. Born in Cockfield, West Sussex in 1977, I was a trainee with Brighton and Hove Albion and signed a professional contract with them in July of 96 in my role as a fullback. If I guess now and get it wrong, do I lose all points? No, you can still have other guesses if you haven't got it right. Yeah, for the later. Like, uh, Ian Chapman. It's not. That's a good effort, but it's not Ian Chapman. No. We'll move on to question. That's uh, a clue two. So um, I played 413 games for the club in the end, becoming one of its longest-serving players before leaving in 2008. Or is that 2009? <laughs> That's a reference. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Because yeah. we were releasing him, weren't we? And then we, yeah. the new manager kept him on, which was something like Mickey Adams again. He was Adams, yeah. He kind of, yeah. 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 Well done. So you get four points there, boosting you up onto nine. So you're way off the bottom. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It was looking sticky at the beginning, wasn't it, Brad, for a bit then? <laughs> Terrible <laughs> start. Those first three were really tough. I didn't, when you sent it to me, I didn't get any of those three. Yeah. Was, uh... Just me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other the other clues by the way I injured my knee while on a month's loan at Lewis stayed with Dean until the end of that season when a hip injury eventually curtailed the end of my long association with the club and later forced my retirement um, clue D was I married a girl with the same first name as me I think that might have given it away <laughs> um, inspiring the famous Albion chant and clue E was uh, the fifth one was I am probably the only footballer ever to have had both a first name and a surname that matches that of an Irish county I, I did. I did question your clue yesterday, though, because I think he was a midfielder when he joined. He played in midfield yeah. the first season, so when he signed his pro contract, he probably would have been a midfielder rather than a fullback. Yeah, yeah. He was playing in midfield that first year, the last year at Goldstone. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe, Obviously, he's known for being a fullback. Yeah. Yeah. Moreover, but um, well, I didn't get it on the first one. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think Russell got it. Scratched the whole fixture. I think. After. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think we should scratch <laughs> the whole competition. We should cancel it all. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go on points. We're going on points per game, and I'm still. <laughs> well, that puts you into sixth place. So you've gone ahead of Richard on like six. You've gone ahead of Amir on eight. You're up on nine. So respectability gained at least. So that's, that's I'll take that. And, um, <laughs> We're going to have Alan Wares on at some point. He's he's going to be Robin's main threat now. I think um, yeah. he's looking worried. Robin about that. He's um, hiding on screen as well at the moment. <laughs> we'll see see how he does. Okay. Well, that brings this episode to a close. Thank you very much for joining us, Brett. You're going to sure. stay with us to record another episode, aren't you? And yeah. we're going to be talking about um, best moments or funniest moments and best games. Um, yeah. related to the Albion. So we're going to record that now. That'll come out in due course. But for this episode. Thanks for joining me, Peter, Robin, and Brett. Up the Albion, stand or fall. Cheers. All right, cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.